The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening and Merry Christmas! Sorry. Uh, welcome to Civil Politics. I'm your host, Michael Dow, and with me tonight are Susan Timberlake and uh, Stefan Ward-Wheaton. And which night Hello. of Hanukkah we are, are we? I think Hanukkah ended at sundown, Did it didn't it? Today? Tonight? Friday? Uh, I, I, I'm as goyish a cough as they come, <laughs> so I'm not sure, but I, like, the day ends at sundown, and I think it ended at sundown today. Friday. But yeah. Oh, Friday. Makes sense. Yeah. You can now, I think, I think if, if you're dying to say Merry Christmas without offending somebody, I think you now can, because I think all the other holidays have now ended. So, um, all the, uh, uh, yeah, Ramadan. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, <laughs> Ramadan, you're right. So, Yule yeah. has passed well. Happy holidays, whichever ones you like, everybody. Boxing Day, you forgot Boxing Day. That's oh, the day oh, after Christmas. excuse me. <laughs> That's the 26th. I don't want to offend our Canadian brethren. <laughs> it's the 26th, so, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so this is Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. And you can get in touch with us during the show or really at any time. Our email is civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Uh, on Facebook, we are facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. On Twitter, at civilpoliticsfm. And we do have a website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com. That's got links to the show, episodes of the show, uh, supplemental things we do, and all kinds of goodness. Uh, yeah. And you can also uh, uh, follow along with any links we, we uh, uh, post to things we talk about or whatever during our discussions. Uh, they'll, we'll use the hashtag civilreferences on Twitter and Facebook. So... So, uh, speaking of me? Twitter <laughs> and Facebook, how about that net neutrality? It's something we were sort of meant to talk about, and we started to talk about it last week, and then we kind of, I don't know, went off the rails or something. So, indeed. <laughs> Partly my fault, because we, we, we drifted a bit. But uh, the, the, the sort of uh, AP synopsis, if you will, is that on the 14th of December, the FCC voted to repeal the... Title II classifications for internet traffic, which essentially regulated it uh, on a similar playing field as, uh, say, your your phone line, where you uh, you pay one price, you get the whole internet. Essentially, um, there is no there. The, the net neutrality rules are designed to prevent uh, ISPs and uh, internet or internet service providers, excuse me, from. Um, from kind of breaking out the internet into separate packages that you have to pay different prices for, um, or for sort of slowing down certain sites in favor of others um, unless they kind of pay up an extra rate. So it affects both businesses and consumers. Um, it's kind of, it really is a, a terrible decision. And, and I should say, I, I work on this in my professional life. Um, I work with an organization called Free Press, which is quite active on, and has been quite active, and will be quite active on uh, fighting to reinstate net neutrality. Um, and we did a lot of work trying to push back and organize people to come out um, against it. And we got against the repeal of net neutrality. We got a great response, but Unfortunately, the FCC, uh, not being a directly elected body, is somewhat insulated from public opinion. So, was it three Republicans and two Democrats on the committee? Yes. That voted? Yep. There's a party line vote. 
Now, why aren't there equal numbers of Democrats and Republicans on well, that? because there's five people, for one thing. Right. It's, it's oh. sort of designed to specific, It's designed with like an uneven party. number. Yeah, right. The party of and the commissioner power. is picked by the president, who, of course, Donald Trump picked um, Ajit Pai, who had been, who, in fairness, was an Obama appointee, um, a minority appointee at the time as a Republican, and uh, Trump moved him up to the top spot. And, and he's been uh, Ajit Pai has been sort of militating against net neutrality for years. Um, he's a former uh, lawyer and um, I believe executive for Verizon. Yes. And um, so you still have stock options. He's, do we know? <laughs> he, he may well. We yeah. <laughs> um, there were protests organized on December seventh at Verizon stores. I think seven or eight hundred official protests at Verizon stores across the country. Um, essentially. Uh, protesting the upcoming vote, which was, you know, expected to be the repeal, and also to sort of reiterate that Ajit Pai is very close to the very industries that he's supposed to be regulating and overseeing as FCC commissioner. So mm. things have come to a pretty pass, as as you might say. Now, now people are suing, right? Some of the AGs are suing from some yes. of the states. Or I think ours is. Is Mar Healy suing? I, I think, think we have three on record. I know we have... Um, Mara Healy in Massachusetts, Eric Schneiderman from the Southern District of New York, um, Jay Inslee, who is the governor of Washington State, has indicated he's going to sue. I don't remember who the attorney general for that state is, but presumably they will follow suit. So um, so there's a lot of legal action getting teed up at this moment. Um, of course, you know, with a dip for the holiday. But I think it's going to be – I think the legal uh, battles will play out very interestingly because – the first of all, this will go to the D.C. Uh, Circuit Court of Appeals, and previously the D.C. The one run by headed by Merrick Garland. Uh, yes, and um, huh. yeah, I Can thought I that was kind that? of interesting. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> and and in the past, the uh, the D.C. Circuit has has basically struck down um, attempts to overturn net neutrality or to overturn the Title II regulations and has pre had previously sort of constrained ISPs um, that were sort of trying to do various shenanigans like slowing down certain services if, if you weren't using their data oh, or, um, yeah, or trying to kind of basically affect anti, you know, affect monopoly provisions in, in various parts of the country, which in a lot of, a lot of ways they've done by simply being the only uh, service provider in a given area. But um, so the long story short, it's the legal battle is going to be very interesting and will hopefully at least delay the, the implementation of this decision, if not repeal it outright. The other angle of attack is uh, something called the Congressional Review Act, um, which is es essentially a means by which Congress can overturn regulations that have been passed within, I think, the past 90 days or 180 days. I yes, I believe that's right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, there's been a lot of work done on Congress already. Obviously, uh, Congress being a Republican, uh, currently Republican controlled, as is the presidency and as is the FCC, it's going to be difficult to kind of disentangle the party, the party line vote. But the good thing is that net neutrality, every, all, all the polling has indicated that once people understand what this is, they're overwhelmingly in favor of it. It's almost a, you know, it's almost a no-brainer essentially, um, in the same way that you would want 
as I said before, your telephone company to provide you with telephone service as long as you're paying your bills without giving certain you know businesses preferential access. Yeah, I don't have to pay extra to call certain numbers. Right. I don't uh, get you know I don't get lots of static when I call Stefan, and it's a clear <laughs> line when I call you know uh, Bank of America or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I heard um, Packy Whelan on the radio the other day. She's back mm-hmm. from, from Bread and Roses. Yeah, and she or Occupy. Um, mm-hmm. she, no, she was actually on commercial radio. Who really? I, who I won't announce. But she's on two of our shows: Occupy the Airwaves and um, yes. Bread and Roses. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's back from DC, and they were asking her about net neutrality, and she had a great uh, analogy, and that was, um, well, you know, the roads are pretty open, and um, you know, then people start putting up tolls. That's exactly yeah. what they're trying right. to prevent, and yeah. that the roads should be open. Yeah, um, and that tolls actually, you know. Yeah, and it's tough because I, I well, and and it's one thing when you know the Massachusetts Turnpike is a toll road, the tolls go to the state government, they go mm-hmm. into public coffers, and you can yeah. complain, and I know you can, so yeah, I will you can complain. say all <laughs> kinds of things about the public coffers and toll roads, but at least it's like, well, okay, then it's going into the general public fund to use for roads. Oh, and like it's not like, hey, this money now goes to. Bobco and its conglomerate Robert Incorporated and but let me be Republican just for a second here. Yeah, they charge different rates to people from other states. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. and Vermont they can't enforce because Vermont does not have a reciprocal agreement with us, so they won't give them the names for the license plate numbers. So if you have a Vermont car, you could probably drive on the Mass Pike without getting a. Oh, oh I didn't know that. yeah! They I was, I went to a hearing, day. and somebody sort of revealed that yeah, all the other states has have that been tested yet? Because I have I have a feeling if somebody actually tried it, there would be. I think it's been tested a fair amount, but okay. I could be wrong <laughs> right. with that. So. Well, the, there was it. Just a quickly sidebar. I remember uh, when they put the uh, when they got rid of cameras. the tolls and put the cameras in. There was a period of time where um, you could basically get a transponder off the state essentially for free. Um, and pay into an account on through hosted through the state website, or you could just get billed um, a paper plate. bill, yeah, yeah, by plate. And people weren't receiving their paper bills, so um, huh. there was a period of time where there may have been some lost revenue because the state, I think, just wasn't organized enough to be sending out thousands of bills every month that they, you I, know, on top of everything else. I drive on the Mass Pike not frequently, but enough, and um, I the first time I drove on the Mass Pike, the same place as I always go, which is in town to take my cousin to Mass General. Um, I got a regular bill, and it looked like a regular tow toll. The second time I got a bill, it was twice as much for getting a paper oh, <laughs> paper bill, and said, "You, you, you know." You that's that was the idea. Was yeah. they're trying to incentivize? Extort. Yeah, <laughs> extort. Oh, that's the yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Republican it, viewpoint is that's well, what the, the gas tax is yeah. for. They do not need to charge people using the road, in my opinion. Uh, I shouldn't. I'm. I. I'm not going to argue with you that <laughs> tolls are necessarily a good idea. I, I, there's a way to raise revenues. There are several different ways to raise revenues. Tolls are one of them. They're uh, aggressive, for one thing. Well, uh, arguably, yeah. I mean, the the logic is the people should pay. People who use the road most should pay for it. But on the other hand, the people who need to drive on it the most may be the ones who have the least ability to withstand, mm. you know, the the expense. So yeah. So I. I'd, I'd and rather, those electric cars don't pay enough gas tax. What can I say? Right. <laughs> I would much rather have, you know, interstate highways not be toll roads. But regardless, uh, the the difference with what Pocky was saying about road net neutrality, neutrality, road <laughs> neutrality, <laughs> right. is it's it's one thing when it's a public toll. Like if we had mm-hmm. public 
publicly provided internet. Oh, there's taxes on your mm-hmm. internet, if you've ever noticed. Yeah. Oh, wait, I have. <laughs> but I mean, even set that aside. But I mean, you know, if it was like, I get cable TV service and internet broadband and all that stuff, courtesy of the state of Massachusetts. Well, that's one thing. It's another thing when it's courtesy of whichever private company, like they're getting all the money. And so like they yeah. have the, you know, their incentive is to like... Price discriminate, I think is the term. Oh, well, well, they're, they're, well their incentive is to generate, is to maximize revenues and profits. You know, like in theory anyways, the state's like, that's so long we're covering our costs we're done you know but anyway so yeah but i thought that was a great way to describe it it. is a great parallel yeah yeah Yeah. road neutrality neutrality. and that's what we've had for a while now i think i i think uh part of the awareness that we're trying to raise on this issue is that we've enjoyed the privilege of this um open internet because net neutrality under title ii was formally instated in 2015 but the principle had been um, in place and had been legislated before that. Title II was basically an across-the-board designation, but the the statute had been defended previously. So there's actually a long history of this kind of essentially principle of net neutrality um, for going back really to the late 90s, early 2000s. So most of the internet as well, we've known it has been un- has been kind of... Well, the World Wide Web goes back to the 90s, but I mean like just the idea of like right. the internet has been, you know, like if there were restrictions, it was because of security classifications in the military and defense parts of it. Oh, exa- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Going back into the 70s. ARPANET. Yeah. So we're kind of, we're, we may be, you know, in the sort of the darkest timeline, if you will, this where, uh, you know, where we don't get to repeal this and we don't get any neutrality back. We may be entering a period where the Internet just, the Internet as we know it is uh, a bygone thing and, and, you instead are parceled out these little sort of the equivalent of like basic cable and you have to pay more to get HBO. And I don't HBO want that or, home shopping network. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get all the channels you don't want up, up front and you have to pay for more. So the, there, there will be more on this. Uh, if you're interested in taking action, I guess I, if it's not out of character or out of line to do a plug, go to uh, battleforthenet.com uh, to find out more. That's the kind of central organizing website we've hosted so um yeah stay tuned because there will definitely be more action um the the main players on this are all gearing up for the fight and yes this will be on the final exam (laughs) (laughs) or i'm sorry i should say the midterm oh right Uh, (laughs) well done thank Uh, you um, that kind of subtle subtle wordplay is a hallmark here of civil politics here on (laughs) valley free radio right it, well, right, especially when sure. you're on, Mike. <laughs> I'm I'm not quick enough for that. Thank you for flattering me. <laughs> um, anyway, I, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that one of the things I heard was that the process for getting all the signatures is one of the arguments that the AGs are going to make, is that the process was flawed because they think that they were there were fake names that were promulgated by like the Verizons and the AT&Ts but mm. many statements in support of repealing the yes. net neutrality regulation were, were totally were, fake were right yeah. yeah and that process is really important but all that will do is delay it probably right yeah, yeah. and this is you know th- this is a battle for time for a certain extent because the 2018 midterms are in the offing less than a year away and both all actors are sort of have their eye on that and what the balance of power is going to be once that election takes place. So there's a certain amount, you know, if if this decision can essentially get played out and delayed, whether through Congress yeah. or through the courts, until that point, there may be an uh, an opportunity to actually get Congress yeah. to positively act yeah. 
which would the regulations of the of the executive branch of the Federal Communications Commission are trumped by actual laws enacted by Congress. Exactly. Good choice of words. Yes, I appreciate that. <laughs> That's more of that sparkling wordplay, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Brought to you by Ovaltine. <laughs> Bummershave. <laughs> oh well, it's too bad because I just I I think Al Gore. My party always tormented him as saying that he invented the internet, but actually what he did was he took ARPANET, knew what it was, mm-hmm. and created some of the regulation that created mm, the right. opening for the for the um, World Wide Web. So I, I, he must be just totally distressed with this. So, And I, I see him as kind of a visionary, even if boring. He's a Yo, visionary yeah, certainly guy. on issues of, of information technology, he's yeah. been really out front. In fact, I don't think he gets enough credit for it. But yeah. That's sort of what I'm yeah, arguing. I predict this could be the most exciting development <laughs> in human uh, uh, knowledge and information that we've ever seen. <laughs> I wish they'd put Social Security in a lockbox. That's all I can <laughs> <Yeah>. say. <laughs> lockbox. So um, you've had a chance to we've had a chance to maybe digest a bit about the uh, the tax plan uh, that has been I think now signed into law. Yeah, today, right? Did yes. he sign it mm-hmm. today? Yeah, apparently President Trump uh, decided that. Uh, People were razzing him about not doing it before the new year after having such a rush to have it uh, done before Christmas. So he just rushed down and did it today. So, uh, yeah. So what do you think, now that you've had a chance to digest this, of this uh, cash grab by the the super rich? Not that you have an opinion. Not that I have an opinion. (laughs) Well, I— Wait, aren't you the super rich? No. <laughs> no, I am not. No, super rich is another another level altogether in the stratosphere. Look, I, I, I've, another exponent? I, I, I've made reference to the fact that, you know, my family has been fortunate to uh, uh, amass a, a little bit of a fortune, you know, in part because dad was an investment banker and things like that. Like, but the kind of money I'm talking about, like, you know, like a couple of million bucks is a rounding error kind of people, that's the super rich. You know, there aren't very many of them, but they have enormous influence. People like the Koch brothers, uh, people like uh, Sheldon Adelson, or even, you know, if you want to be, you know, uh, uh, more inclusive, you can also look at Warren Buffett or George, uh, George Soros. Soros. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm Bill, or I Bill Gates. I was hoping you guys would say those names so I didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's, there's bunches of them. I don't think I'd know, like, I hear so much... M- George Soros ha- plays this outsized role in the imagination of the right. I th- I have to He's say, a huge boogeyman, it's right? incredible. <laughs> you know, it's I, I don't think most people on the left really think about him that much. No, what does he even do? He's uh. <sighs> Wasn't he's he? a financier. I think he's what he's Swiss or something. I, f- by, I forget. By, at least by birth. Isn't he Midwestern? Um, I, f- I forget. That's Warren Buffett. Is he's yeah. From, he's yeah. the he's the Oracle of Omaha. But I thought um, Soros was out out. I'll have to look it up. I think yeah. he's Swiss again. See, it's like I'm, no one even knows. Yeah, I think he's a businessman from like the casinos or something. That's Sheldon Adelson. I think you're thinking of. No, I I think Soros has a business. It's some tangible business. He's he's Hungarian American. Oh, there you go. Um, Friends with Hungary's um, not that far from Switzerland. Yeah. It's just rather different. Ariana Huffington. He's a he- I think he was a hedge fund manager. He uh, started the Soros Fund Management in 1970. Oh, I thought he had business. Oh, I'm wrong. Hedge fund. Sorry, I can't keep Ugh. track of your billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> we have plural. <laughs> you have a few. For now, Bloomberg. Yeah. You know, Bloomberg. Yeah. Uh, he's a Republican. Oh, I thought he was independent. 
Sure. That, <laughs> it's, and I think in in uh, New York City, that's another way of saying Republican. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Okay. He's um, he's he's uh uh you know well to the left of Attila the Hun, as they say, but he's still you know a right winger. I think. You think? Oh yeah. I don't. I don't think so. I don't know. Wasn't he after Big Gulp or something? <laughs> yeah, he's. <laughs> He was, he's, he's sort of a bit paternal. of a Rockefeller Republican. I mean, on certain... He's very interested in other people's business, which <laughs> I tend to think... I'm sorry, as Democrats, but you guys think of that as a Republican, I guess. Well, what do you People think about other... a woman's right to choose? Yeah, good point. <laughs> which party is for that? Well, but Bloomberg is pro-choice, so... That's how he got three terms in New York, I think. Yes. He's being socially progressive, but I think his... Uh, his both his economic and sort of domestic policies of well, he made his money um, replacing the ticker tapes right with yeah. Bloomberg. Oh yes, right. <laughs> Data. The, the financial news service. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yet another service provided ticker by tape. the internet. I think I just show mm-hmm. my age again. <laughs> I I remember ticker tapes. <laughs> ticker tape parades. Yeah. <laughs> so, tax reform. Oh boy. So I think it was a good idea gone horribly wrong mm-hmm. and i think i said in one of our shows previously before this passed that that happened with reagan too that he had this idea to reform the tax code mm-hmm. and the first version that came out was like a giraffe with a donkey's rear end and elephant <laughs> tail and you know it just didn't work they just they just piled everything into it and they redid it again in 86 i mean it didn't pass mm-hmm. and then they fixed it this this one I think was handwritten in the margins, right? When it actually passed, right. it still had even really even the final version. I I think people were saying that it actually did, and that they had to do a mm. correct uh, quick correction because it went over to the Senate, and it had things in it that wouldn't pass reconciliation, so they had to strip that out, mm-hmm. send it back to. That's why it went mm-hmm. back to the House again. Oh, okay. So they had a couple of things in there that weren't um, just money based, mm. like um, was it Ted Cruz? I think it was Ted Cruz's home schooling. Giveaway, something like that. Mm. Some sort of educational. Giveaway. Well, if you and if you look at, uh, 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 I'm going in the weeds here, so you have to correct me if I'm wrong. But I, I believe uh, you're wrong. Property <laughs> tax. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, you're you're preempting me, and maybe that's good. Ten thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. Pre- uh, the it's going to fall on homeowners who live in high tax, high property tax states because. Mm-hmm. The kind of cap and the the easement that had been provided for those is is getting cut, and that specifically it's being was cut targeted less. Cut no. oh, the, the 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 deductibility of your state and local taxes is 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 being right. preserved a bit more. Yeah. So that's that will fall that's, on blue states. So well, that's going to be bad for New Hampshire because how does New Hampshire the state raise its revenue? It's pretty much entirely through property right. taxes. Yeah. No income tax. No, yeah. No income tax. No sales tax. like that too. So. Yeah. Well, I was down at City Hall in Northampton paying my taxes early. Good for you. Because I pay attention to these things. <laughs> and the person who was taking the tax I just got money, a tax bill in the mail today. So. Yeah, I, I paid it before I got the bill because I wanted to make sure it showed up on this year. Because next week, might not. Mm. But they were saying that they'd had a stream of people come down and pay their taxes early. Because next year it's not deductible over a certain amount. So. Oh really? Yeah. So people, you can pay the first quarter this year. It totally counts. Oh, but yeah, that I think is what's going to hit people. You have who to be near the ten thousand yeah. dollar limit to to have it be worth your while. But mm. and taxes are high in Northampton. What mm. can I say? Mm. 
Well, and this is kind of the first of the one-two punch, right? Because the idea is you cut taxes, and then Paul Ryan says, "Okay, well now we go to go, got to go after entitlements because cut taxes because you know, yeah, we've got to we've got to cut costs now that we've cut revenue." Yeah. So, oof. and there's I, a strategy in this. There really is. My my but guys I don't are know so if good. He's going to be it's, able to do that. I, it's pretty obvious strategy, and it's I, it's a huge. I mean, one of the reasons why that they oh the th- Bush tried to privatize well, um, the, the, well social yeah, security, which was a terrible idea. But he got he got exposed and it got well. But remember, this tax plan, the corporate cuts are permanent. The personal tax cuts are right. temporary. But the Republican logic is like, yeah, but like you know, nobody's going to vote to like not continue a tax cut <laughs> unless so that's, their choice is their tax cut versus entitlements. Right, yeah. right, right. Like they're setting up the the right. Know, but right. I but well, the point is though, like oh, Depends. you're cutting entitlements, so you're cutting social security, so you're cutting the thing that everybody gets and that everybody's going to be relying on like that is i think just the most ridiculous third rail yeah th- <laughs> i i i think it's i think it's an incredibly stupid idea and it's obviously a stupid idea and only someone like paul ryan would actually think would actually be you know rubbing his hands with glee at the in anticipation you yeah know? and and he's they're going to have to go after those big programs in order to make enough of a dent in the spending. Because they're certainly not going to cut the defense budget. Yeah, well, obviously. I mean, yeah, especially under Trump. They were trying to get the defense budget for a year, and they didn't. The continuing resolution that was signed this week is just to January 19th, 14th. It's only yeah, two it's more not, weeks. Not even the end of January. Yeah, because yeah. they were trying to, and the Democrats are like, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Not going there. So they're going to have to do DACA. They they have all this mm-hmm. stuff that they left out there. Um, oh, yeah. Susan Collins has got two bills that are going to um, fix some of the subsidies in Obamacare. They promised her. Do you think they'll? No. Do you think Mitch McConnell will probably bring it up, and that's as far as it'll go? But. Yeah. Well, I mean, sure, they they can bring it up in the Senate, but, it's you know, it's just she doesn't seem to have any kind of deal with Paul Ryan and the Republicans in the House. Right. That's so. the issue. But things do have to get through the Senate even if they get through the House. So there is some... Sure, but they have to get through the Senate, uh, the House, even if they get through the Senate. So, yeah. like, she's she has a deal with Senate leaders. She doesn't seem to have a deal with House leaders. So, no. you know, unless Mitch McConnell's going to, like, go to the mat to carrying the mat. her water for her with the House, and I don't think he will. Well, and they're negotiating in opposite directions because in the House, Paul Ryan has to negotiate with the real conservatives on his flank who are, you know, none feeling their oats i think and you know would like to see more cut rather than less whereas in the senate they have to negotiate to the left so this is the it's a tough yeah. balancing act and again it's an election year it's uh, i you mean you think you're going to get continued resolutions all year maybe a month at a time that's happened before that happened under obama when they couldn't get to anything they just kept but I think it's going to play into uh, that played into Republicans' hands because they were the they were the opposition, and they said, "Oh, the the Democrats can't govern; they can't do anything right." right. Yeah. Can't Under, get a budget done. Yeah. yeah. Whereas now, you know, I think the I think I know the Democrats are basically going to run on that um, that same kind of thing, you know, in twenty eighteen, and you know, I think public opinion, you know, a lot of people are really mad in general and the tax bill has i mean it's just, it's one of the most unpopular tax cuts in recent history somebody until people get the check and well that's what they think they're hoping <laughs> is that's that what bush they did. can basically remember buy bush people Jr. Off. did that everybody got a check in the middle of the summer for 40 bucks or 100 mm-hmm. bucks mm-hmm. they front loaded and cut checks for people right well that's mm-hmm. as you said you know the, and, and then you had to pay it back if your tax um rebate wasn't the same which was pretty rude but yeah. that was after yeah. the elections <laughs> 
Oh, of course. Yeah. And that's that's how this works. Because, like you said, the individual um, cuts will expire. Dump. The corporate cuts will not. So this is going to end up, I think, with a lot of people holding the bag. Um, yeah. Will well, it be I, soon enough, though? I think that's the question. Will people feel it in time for the elections, or will it just be... Or will they be mad enough that it won't matter? I mean, this is the thing. If you end up fighting social s- about Social Security and various other programs for the rest of the year— Because we've got to pay for that tax cut we just gave the rich people. Exactly. I mean, if the Democrats can make that argument, and I don't know if they will because this is the Democrats we're talking about, but— um, <laughs> I'm glad you said like that. If, well, I mean, messaging has never been the forte recently of this party, but yeah. if yeah, they can since, make that— not since the early 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if I mean, if if they can make that argument, I think there will be enough of a backlash Stink. that they yep. can at least take the House. I don't know about the Senate, but they and don't need that, the Senate. If they can take the House, they can effectively bottle up yeah. any future legislation like this, at least until 2020. They can't stop the judicial nominations, but... Right. Well, yeah, that's a... But, I well, I mean, ideally, I, I, I think, you know, we, we want to... We want the Democrats to be able to, in some way, put some kind of check on Donald Trump and his incredible mismanagement. I sent around a thing. You guys may not have seen it. Um, he just redid the presidential coin, and it is— The presidential coin? Yeah, it's like a challenge coin. They leave it when they go to see a military person's family, or it's like a, almost a calling card of the president, and it's now gold. The challenge coin? I've yeah, never heard of it. Yeah, there's pictures of it on um, the Washington Post, and mm-hmm. it's gold— they took off E Pluribus Unum. He put Trump, his name on it three times. It now says Make America Great Again. It's all gold. Are you serious? Yeah, you should <laughs> you look sure at the this pictures. isn't fake news? Or? This is not fake news. I I'm got it on the Boston up. Globe and the Post, and I sent you guys the link. It just broke that they had just redone it. And first they said the government's paying for it, and then they're saying the RNC is going to pay for it because the party pays for it. I don't know who's paying for it, but if you see this thing, it's 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 Trump's name on a building all over again in gold. It's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, the Washington Post is one of their top stories today. Broke <laughs> broke late this afternoon, so there it is. All right, well, we'll <laughs> I'll have a look at that. We should take a short break right now. Yeah. So uh, we'll play a few p- uh, public service announcements and other things to keep the FCC happy, and uh, then we'll be back with more civil politics. Uh, so don't go away. We'll be right back. A world of opportunity is sitting here in the Pioneer Valley, right in Hoyoke. Bringing together a variety of organizations, Passport Hoyoke helps you discover Hoyoke's varied treasures. With numerous events happening nearly every day, there's no reason to ever be bored. For a full list of events and member organizations, visit Passport Hoyoke on the web at www.passporthoyoke.org. Come discover the city of Hoyoke. Sure, humans can be a little weird at times, but take it from me, I'm a dog. And a person is about the best thing that can happen to a shelter pet. So if you want to learn how you can be that person, get down to your local pet shelter or visit the shelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Outbreaks of whooping cough or pertussis are happening across the United States. This serious respiratory disease can be deadly for babies. By getting the whooping cough vaccine called Tdap during the third trimester of each pregnancy, women can pass antibodies to their babies to help protect them until they're old enough to receive their own vaccine. Learn more at cdc.gov slash pertussis slash pregnant. That's pertussis, P-E-R-T-U-S-S-I-S. 
Hey, kids. It's Archie and Dave from Pothby Geekery. What are you doing, Dave? You're listening to Valley Free Radio, WXOJ 103.3 FM in Northampton, Massachusetts. Hey, this is Blue Streak. I'm the host of the show with BS, the newest edition for the WXOJ lineup. You can hear us Mondays at 11 p.m. For the best overnight radio you'll ever hear on a, on a Monday night, we'll talk about everything that's relevant to us. Music, movies, TV, games, and whatever else happens to spill out of the pinata that is my head. Monday nights, 11 p.m. here on XOJ. For all the music and news that nerds can use, it's the show with BS and WXOJ. CDC estimates that one in six Americans gets food poisoning each year. Some germs, like listeria, can be deadly for certain people. It targets older adults, people with weakened immune systems, and pregnant women and their newborns. People with listeria infection usually require hospital care, and about one in five who are infected die or miscarry. Know your risk of listeria food poisoning. If you're 65 or older, have a weakened immune system, or are pregnant, you must be especially careful when selecting, preparing, and storing foods. Heat hot dogs and deli meats until steaming hot. Do not consume raw, unpasteurized milk or soft cheeses made from it. And be aware that soft cheeses made from pasteurized milk have also been associated with listeria infections and outbreaks. Learn more about how to prevent listeria food poisoning at cdc.gov slash vital signs. I swear for a moment I thought it was saying hysteria food poisoning. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, no, food poisoning is a real thing. It's not. Oh, wait, no. no. Anyway, uh, so. Dr. Lister aside, welcome back to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, I'm still Michael Dow. I'm still with Sue Timberlake hey and uh, Stefan Ward-Wheaton. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more. Well, I, sh- I should mention uh, an alert listener just pointed out to us that, in fact, Kwanzaa starts on December 26th uh, of this year. So it is not, in fact, over. It has not yet begun. It so happens after Christmas. I, I honestly didn't know that. So. And when is um, Festivious? Festivius? Oh, Festivus? Oh, Festivus. Yeah, what is Festivus? Festivus always lives in your heart, Sue. <laughs> oh, that's the one from Seinfeld, yes, right? Yes, it is. It's the one for the rest of us. <laughs> exactly. I, I, yeah. I'm sorry. I never even watched Seinfeld, but I, Neither thought, that did was, I. But yeah. I thought that was a funny holiday. So Yeah, and they celebrate it with like beer cans or something. Uh, <laughs> it has all sorts of weird traditions. It's made a bit of a... I've seen more Festivus-related... Uh, uh, sort of paraphernalia and celebrations recently. So it seems to be making a comeback. <laughs> I think it's a bit of a Trojan horse for us uh, filthy agnostics to <laughs> have something to celebrate, and atheists, of course, as well. I'm very clean and well-dressed. Thank you. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. I'm over here with the flies. And... <laughs> That's true. So um, uh, I wanted to pivot a little bit uh, uh, to talk a bit about... Um, uh, how strong Nikki Haley is? How <laughs> incredibly bad at the whole business of, of representing the United States and, and, and conducting our foreign policy the Trump administration is. And, and I don't know if Nikki Haley like is, is doing this with gusto or just sort of gritting her teeth and burying it and, and carrying on with what she's ordered to do. But regardless, like the whole performance of Nikki Haley and Donald Trump regarding the U.N. resolutions uh, condemning us for uh, declaring that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Uh, it, it's it's embarrassing. It's just just I a. I thought you guys were gamers. 
This is is game theory that he's doing right now. (laughs) All right. If it's game theory, it's the most stupid, (laughs) ill-advised, ill-conceived, you know, uh, uh, misunderstanding of game theory that one could imagine. Because here's the thing. Like, it's a symbolic gesture because in terms of like, okay, so what does it mean that we... It's a gesture of silent contempt. Uh, uh, Okay. So that's a soccer term. That's actually a technical term. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, 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 so here's the thing: like declaring that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel, um, that isn't changing anything. Like we're right, not like it is kind of the capital. Well, sure. That's but I mean, like our stuff. embassy is in Tel Aviv. It's not moving. We we aren't moving it anytime soon. We could we could do it tomorrow. Yeah. But we're to we're, buy some land or something. No, I mean we could just upgrade the consulate we have there and say it's the embassy now. But we're not. You know. Like so, it, it's not changing anything. Like like all of the, the the substantive things about like how we expect peace between the Israelis and the Palestinians to come come out and so forth. All you know, like like the status of forces and the status of settlements and so forth. All of these things are too still are still to be negotiated. So it's not like we're doing any of the things. By the parties, yep. We're not doing any of the things that would, in theory, follow up from this de- declaration. It's just well. We're saying that this is now true, but it is um, it 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 is uh, provocative. It is provocative. It um, designed it, to be. It kicks up uh, 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 anti-American tensions. sentiment. It kicks up tensions between the Israelis and the Palestinians. It kicks up anti-American sentiment. It makes it so that. Uh, uh, States like, you know, Saudi Arabia has to come out and condemn and spend time and energy on this. Now, they're creating their own problems with Yemen. Um, with yeah. Yemen. Well, they have, a, they have a war they're fighting in Yemen. And also, um, uh, not Qatar, um, Bahrain? I'm totally drawing oh. a blank on the emirate that they're... <laughs> which, which emirate is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, the point is... Um, they have their own issues. They have their own problems. So, so does Egypt or whatever, you know? Like... All of these things uh, uh, that they would prefer not to be focusing on the Israelis and the Palestinians. I mean, that like Iran is uh, Iran is becoming more powerful in that area of the world, and the Saudis are very concerned about it. Other nations like them are very concerned about it. They don't want the Iranians to become oh, and a major player. Some of those player. missiles they identified as Iranian. Sure, the, exactly. Know, the, the, that the Yemenis are shooting at them. Yeah. So, so they don't want that, and so. So Trump has forced them to spend less time worrying about Iran and more time worrying about the old Israeli conflict, which the Iranians can turn into hay. And then there's this symbolic, you know, because it doesn't really do anything for the UN to to say this is a bad idea. I mean, they they condemn us for various other ways we support Israel every year anyways, um, like settlements in the West Bank. So nuclear weapons. Yeah. So it so it it doesn't matter. But uh Trump went around and had Nikki Haley going around saying, like, we're going to be taking names. Oh, we're going to remember who voted. We're going to remember who voted against us. And we're going to cut your funding if you do that. Like, like you screw with us. We are going to hurt you. And basically everybody voted against us. Like eight other nations joined us. And 35 abstained. 35 abstained. Mm -hmm. But like 35 voted Israel, (laughs) but like 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 Egypt, Turkey, all these nations that are. Uh, critical partners for us in terms of like maintaining s- something resembling stability in the Middle East. Not that there is a lot of it, thanks to the Bush administration. Um, it's it's all really tippy and tottery, and all this has done is demonstrate that the Trump administration is impotent, uh, uh, 
you know, has no real understanding of what's going on, doesn't know how to do anything, and basically knows how to piss off people we want to work with and uh, uh, wind up uh, giving, uh, uh, throwing fuel on the fire uh, in ways that, like, aid other nations that have interests contrary to ours. It's, it's an incredibly terrible way to run our foreign policy. And, and the whole point is, like, this comes three days after Trump, you know, made a big foreign policy declaration that basically said, hey, uh, we're strong and America's leading the world again. And like that's it's it just well, in every respect, it's 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 terrible, terrible presidenting. Well, we also I, I think this is another example where we need to think about what is actually trying to be accomplished by the Trump administration with this, because if the assumption is that you're trying to build a coalition of allies to create stability in the Middle East. Yeah, this probably isn't a great move. But if your assumption is that disruption in the Middle East actually feeds into Trump's sort of MO, which I think it does. I think it does. He thrives too. on disruption. Um and I think, you know, I th- and I, not only that but he gets to sort of solidify his domestic support by sort of uh you know, flipping off those out those, you know, other countries that you know whose interests are, you know, are seen as different from ours whether or not they are or not. It you know it helps shore up his base and it also sort of builds into his uh, you know his vision of himself as this kind of strong man who doesn't you know who doesn't kowtow to these sort of uh, you know uh, these high flown international elites. The tap dance um, around and never get anything right. done. Well, I I um, I just dis- we're not going to cut funding to Egypt. We're not going to cut funding to Turkey. It's not going to happen. Wait till he turns around and cuts funding to Israel. <laughs> Israel's going to have a cow. It, it's. Do you think that? Do you think that's likely? Yes, so? I do. Yes, I do. And he doesn't. I, woof. So here's here's his his, his here's most ardent image. supporters are evangelicals uh, who who want to bring about the apocalypse by propping up the Israeli government. So, uh, no. Well, here's an image for you. Imagine a giant logjam here in Western Massachusetts, all stuck in the ice flows, all the lumber that we used to have and it's mm. stuck under it's it's stuck and it's backing up the water up the stream and there's nothing you can do people have been working on it for 30 40 years you dynamite it and i think that's what he just oh. did i think he just dynamited the log jam and i do think you're going to see him swap sides and behave badly i i just well, that, think it's that, how that, he that, how he maneuvers that is how he how he comports himself and he's oh and he's it's always been very clear that that's how he comports himself and and so the the way that makes movement is that all the other folks line up on the other side um the uh the west bank and hamas and everybody's having a cow because mm-hmm. all of a sudden something they were supposed to be negotiating has just been taken off the table it hasn't really because mm-hmm. it's you know west jerusalem versus right. east jerusalem but basically, it's like the lawyer that says to you, okay, if you don't agree to this, we're going to just take this as an assumption. We're going to move to the next point. It's a, it's a terrible uh, negotiating strategy, but I think that's exactly why he did it. It's like the truck, two truck drivers playing chicken with each other coming down the mountain so, road. So in other words, Trump has just thrown his steering wheel out he the window. He has thrown his steering <laughs> wheel out the window because he's not, he's not going to play by the, well, we'll do this nice thing over here and maybe Israel will stop with the settlements. I think it'll be very interesting to see what his next his next move is. But I'm surprised at Nikki Haley because she really went to the mat for him in the UN. And you know, I think she's probably going to be a really strong Republican candidate in the future in her own right if she can distance herself from him. I don't think she when can. she leaves. 
But I assume she'll leave. But th- well, this so so this may well be like a like a at least semi thought out plan on Trump's part. Not but that doesn't. Out, but that's his natural tendency. Sure, I, I'm sort of but more it's with still. On, on it, it, I, I I don't disagree with you at all. I just think it's still a re- terrible idea. It's 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 a terrible way to handle this. You know, I, I mean, think, I think the legacy of this, <laughs> you know, like, like basically make the U.S. into the adversary that everybody else is united against. Um, OK, how does that help the United States in any way? Well, it depends what the, you know, what folks do in Palestine. Mm. Well, let me put it this way. You know, deciding that you that things are kind of stuck and you want to blow the up the log negotiating in good faith. You, you want to st- things are stuck and you want to blow up the log jam and create yeah. real change. Don't blow up the bridge at the same time. Is that your <laughs> well, that's basically what Bush did in 2003 mm-hmm. in invading Iraq. How well did that work? Like, well, like, it's the same idea, except even more stupidly executed. So I'm like... Well, th- I think <laughs> that's different, though, because there was ideology. There was a neocon ideology behind the invasion of Iraq. Oh, I'm not saying it was the same. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's exactly the same. I'm saying it's very similar, though. It's like a, oh, man, this is really frustrating. You know what? We just get rid of Saddam, and then <laughs> then things will be better. Because, yeah. like, they were believing, like, hey, we, we knock this guy, knock this tyrant, and then we can establish, you know, democracy, and everything will be great. You know, like but. democracies will be friendly to Western countries and it'll be fabulous and we can just make it happen. Do you think this is sort of, you know, leave leave the whole region in a smoking ruin and just kind of try to withdraw? Because I think we're going to leave the whole planet in a smoking ruin. Well, maybe eventually, but at least for U.S. policy, military policy, because we've we have such an entrenched group of interests as you just described yeah, we have half a dozen in afghanistan and oil and, right yeah. and, and we have we're tied to the saudis we're tied to the israelis we're you know a, a half a dozen the egyptians half a dozen other states i'm wondering if we're gonna you know trump's talked a lot about sort of a more isolationist yeah, uh, what's in our view? best interest if 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 we didn't care? And the thing is, <laughs> there's actually an argument to be made there. It's not necessarily a good one, but there's a lot of evidence that U.S. foreign policy in the in the Middle East has not been effective. Been effective, and it's not been expensive for U.S. interests or for anyone's interests. In fact, I I really think that this may be like the great shame of the United States for this for first part of the century is like our East. legacy in the Middle East, I really worry that we may be just leaving this an incredibly dysfunctional and war-torn region that is just the source of incredible strife. And that could rebound not just, you know, in that area of the, the globe, but na- but around the globe. I mean, it could have international implications that we don't even, we can't even fathom right now. I wonder what Tillerson is doing with all this. Uh he apparently he's quite he's uh, being seen as quite weak right now. Mm. That's um, I don't know if that's gone, fair or not. That was the rumor, right? That he was going to be. Gone. That was the rumor. <laughs> I think that's what some of Trump's peop- Trump's base is hoping. I I, I, I don't but. think Vladimir's done with him yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! No, I'm um, I'm 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 serious. Wow! Because here's here's the thing. Um, like that's right. He got the friend of Russia award. And yeah, yeah, very yeah. Very tight with. Putin. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so I like. Uh, uh, if Trump Mobile. wanted to disentangle us from having to care about the Middle East, mm. um, then step one would be to heavily promote the development of alternative energy industries, alternative m- ways of making cars. It'd be like, hey, you know, we're going to like do everything we can as the U.S. government to promote companies like Tesla. Like that would be a thing because then we don't need Saudi oil. So screw the Saudis, you know. Mm. 
Like, then it's just a matter of like, well, we'd prefer not to have a horrible catastrophe of a war break out in the world, but otherwise, meh. You know, like that's basically. Do they like, have missiles that can reach us? Right. If, if like, not, we don't care. Well, I mean, because honestly, why do we care so much about Saudi Arabia? Because they have the world's biggest oil reserves, and we're close friends with them when we need the oil. And they saved us in World War Two. So. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> oh, by about yeah. I I doubt Trump is uh, going um, back um, to that well. But. Yeah, especially because like no, really, Texas. Yeah. Texas is what fueled the American uh, uh, war machine. Um, good old had, American know-how, shun. Uh, good old American petroleum from <laughs> Texas. <laughs> um, I mean, that's 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 in a nutshell. If you want to look at what, why did the U.S. beat Japan and Germany? We had Texas, and they didn't. But anyway, um, uh, so. Trump is if Trump actually did want to like pull us out of the Middle East like that, he's doing it wrong. And I'm not saying pull us out. I think I think he thinks really that he's going to broker this huge. Oh, uh, deal. Of, course, of, of course he does. He's 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 delusional. Honestly, but, if Trump breaks with Israel, that could be like from a purely like munch your popcorn, watch the drama perspective. Yeah. Personally, I have a lot of problems with the U.S.-Israel relationship. And me also. Yes, <laughs> I do too. And and it's been a bipartisan consensus. I on feel that bad for, for so the long. Palestinians. I, I just, do. I, oh, I, yeah. I do as well. Like like like, there are terrible elements to both sides. You know, acts of terror and violence that are despicable committed by Israelis and Palestinians. Student films. You know, of people. And, yeah. and sort of. I mean, I mean, these checkpoints. The, the, the Israelis have the advantage of a lot of money and support from the United States and better technology. But there's savage brutality on both sides, well, you know, using if, whatever's available. Well, it's also rocks against tanks. Let's right. be clear. No, I there's mean, a vast asymmetry here. Yeah. Oh, I, I completely agree. But that yeah. doesn't mean that, like, like the Israelis aren't just the bad guys and the Palestinians aren't just the good guys. True. That's all I'm saying. Fair like, enough. Like, like, unequal means doesn't mean, like, one side is morally pure. Fair well, enough. Well, I think yeah. when somebody's trying to take somebody else's stuff, that's the problem. I, I agree. I agree. And however you define that. So I agree. I have a lot I think the Palestinians are being horribly uh, brutalized by the Israeli government. So the day that Trump does something against Israel, we'll have a show. Oh, <laughs> we oh, will have a show. I I I don't think he will. I really don't. He loves to cut people's money off to get them to do something. Well, it's the thi- I think he would want to do it, but it. whether or not people in his White House can head him off. Yeah. And I don't know if the, I don't know what the power balance I don't have a good sense of like I think they how get constrained fired. he is. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Well, and yeah. and so a big part of how the United States conducts its affairs and the 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 sort of the geopolitical order of the world is arguably enormously corrupt. You know, and and the 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 standard way of doing things involves us like like using drone strikes to kill people and and impose sanctions and squeeze money out of countries and you know all kinds of of horrible stuff. It, you know, colonial economic well, we exploitation. Yeah. You know, yeah, sure. Poor Puerto Rico, yeah. Yeah, poor Puerto Rico. You know, propping up uh, dictatorships, all kinds of stuff. Like, I'm not saying that things are good. What I am saying is that. Um, there's money to be had? Well, obviously. No. <laughs> what I am saying is that, yeah, things could be a lot better, but they could be worse. They could be also a too. lot worse, yeah. And mm-hmm. if you're going to make changes, um, it's it's a dicey business. And so exercising some care and thoughtfulness, and uh, especially when it part of part of the whole sort of complex thing of international relations is – is great power detente. It's hey, we have a huge nuclear arsenal. 
Oh, and you have a nuclear arsenal too. So let's all tr- move very slowly and predictably. Carefully. Yep. Yeah. So, so for all of those reasons, let our children go to your schools so that yeah, when we th- bomb you, we kill our own. Children. Sure. Well, yeah. be, you know. However you want to do it. Yeah, if you want to go back to swapping hostages like we're the Vikings and the Saxons, <laughs> you can go for it. But um, that, that's, that's, that's not quite where I'm going. Um, we, uh, uh, the U.S. exerts a lot of influence around the world, or it has. It has. But the way it's done that, in part, like the actual me- way the, the, the rubber hitting the road was diplomats and the State Department. and Money. Well, money, but... People going and doing things and talking to each other and making agreements and negotiating details and seeing that they're implemented properly. And we don't have State Department personnel. Like like most of the second, most of the second and third tier, most of the second and third tier people at the State Department who actually do a lot of the work, like big, big decisions get made by the president and the secretary of state. And then like the underlings actually make that stuff happen. And those underlings aren't there. They've been fired. We've we fired or resigned. Remember fired or resigned, massive. but we fired pretty much all of our ambassadors uh, when Trump took office, what and most of them like? hasn't been replaced. Let me finish. Okay. And um, getting back to who's who's uh, you know like Trump is supposed to you know nominate these people, but they'd be reporting to Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State. So the Secretary of State is permitting this terrible state of affairs, which is utterly limiting the ability of the United States to act diplomatically. And the Secretary of State is Rex Tillerson, friend of Russia. And Trump didn't know Tillerson. It was a big surprise. You remember a year ago when he picked him? People were like, well, who, Rex Tillerson? What, the head of Exxon? Why'd you pick him? You don't know him. It's like, oh, yeah. And it's like, going to find the email is where Putin says, you should probably consider this guy. Yeah. <laughs> is that your theory? That's your theory. I, my, my theory is if you're Vladimir Putin and you want to want to limit the ability of the United States to act diplomatically, which is one of his stated goals. It's like one of the things he wants from the world. He wants to break up NATO, and he wants the U.S. to well, exert a lot less influence. Tillerson like wanted his own gutting people. The, gutting the State Department is and the Trump way to do it. And let him have him. Do you remember that when Tillerson first came in? Tillerson was, had hundreds of people he wanted? Yeah, well, there were quite a few people, and they, they basically called it from the White House who he was going to be able to appoint second in command and all that. That was a big fight. Well, it's, it's not just people like his immediate Tillerson. deputy. There's like lots and lots of important yeah. positions, you know, deputy undersecretaries and so forth. You know, a lot of a lot of positions that would have to be confirmed by the Senate, and they're not they're not even nominated. Yeah. Well, this so like this is if you're point. Vladimir Putin, this is what you want. So I really don't think that Tillerson's going until I don't know I don't know when exactly. Until the midterms, <laughs> maybe. But you know, I don't think Vladimir Putin will let him off. Will, will let him off well, easy. I don't, I don't quite see it so sinisterly. I just see it as an inflection point where we're moving from sort of diplomatic world to basically uh, my way or the highway. And that kind of negotiation mm. changes how you have State Department people and what you do with them. And I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the darkest hour with Winston Churchill to see how they handled <laughs> in World War Two. But they they um, we'll fight them on the beaches. We'll fight them. On, yeah, I don't quite. That was see a terrible that. Churchill impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was too northern. Uh, too northern English. He's, yes, that was it. Um, but he, um, I think. This is, you know, Trump has this CEO style. And as you said, it's my way or the highway. My way or the highway. Man, is that going to, I think it will bite him. I don't know. He's the, he's Teflon Don, so he's gotten out of scrapes before, but it's midter- really. Well, you know, I've said before, after the midterms, they'll impeach him. But first, they're going to let him blow the world up. You, yeah. Oof. Well, I, I'm curious to see, because if we end up with a divided Congress, are they going to be able to g- agree on impeaching him? 
because That's if right, you don't, if not him, to... you get Pence, yeah. who is arguably a bigger threat to Democrats in terms of policy because he's he has a more chance of actually getting stuff done. Uh, well, let's let's. Oh well, my goodness. Well, <laughs> even if even if we don't get a divided house, if we get a united house, we'd still need sixty-seven votes in the Senate to actually impeach and, and convict a president. So right. there's no way the Democrats are getting sixty-seven seats in. in no, the Senate. I just think my party will do it after the midterms, after they've used him for what they want him for, which is all the tax breaks and. Which so in other words, after they're now now that they're done with him, they when they're done with him, they will discard him. I think that's my opinion. You know, it's just my opinion. I just I I I I think so. I mean, uh, another friend of mine was arguing that uh, uh, the reason why this tax bill is so openly, you know, plutocratic and and terrible is because it's like the 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 smart people advising the the, the uber rich are like, you know, the the jigs up. You know, cash out while you can. Get everything <laughs> you can now before it's too late. Who knows? I don't know. Oh, and we do indeed have to wrap Depressed up in a minute. Depressed as mm-hmm. always. I don't oh, know well, happy. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> uh, going to turn off the news for a couple of days, maybe? I, I think so, yeah. Not going to watch C-SPAN over the, over the break? It's C-SPAN very tempting. dance party, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that is indeed uh, time to wrap up uh, civil politics. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be doing one more show uh, at the uh, end of the year next week, and then uh, we'll be on to the midterms year. We'll Start to worry about that, I guess, next year. But anyway, thank you all for listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Stay tuned for Subculture coming up next. Good night. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.